Linux Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam. Brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux. And beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of a where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scoogie Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course. Features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to Movie Phone. Now, hello, welcome to episode number 460 of Lava's Linux Games Podcast, motherfuckers. Being recorded for you on this Friday, the 1st of September, 2023, at 164600 hours. Uh, I make it like 4.46 p.m. left coast. Coast at the most. Oh, look at that. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there holding up the whiskey sign from the booth. And you should just paint that on there. And we should get you some drapes or something. You could, like, you know, little pelmets on like a curtain rod. So you could just, like, fucking boom! You're fired for not having thought of that already, Ivor. You're fired. Mm, cheers. Good. Ah! We are being rained on. Oh, that'll, of course, make it for our sequel friends, the followers of the One True Time and Date format. 2023-09-01, our first show of September, uh, 1647. 100 hours. There we go. Um, 
We have a very small short for you. We have a uh, shorter show for you this week, but one of great consequence because, uh, well, well, we'll get straight to our top stories here. We're getting rained on. And I they say that like we. I mean, this is Las Vegas, so out here the Fortress of Darkness. Although we do have backup generators, we're entirely self-sufficient here at the Fortress of Darkness. We have solar arrays. We have robot droids that service and maintain our distributed uh, mesh network, uh, which is the portal through which we securely access the interwebs on which you are now currently listening to this fucking show! Yeah! 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 Yeah, baby! Uh, No, actually, we don't uh, have any of those things. So we might lose power, and so we're... Cause like I mean we flood like a motherfucker out here, and we we we're in the middle of fucking eruvification, twenty fucking year long drought, mega drought. Um, so rain is a big deal out here, and thank God we got like an hour's worth of rain. And I hear thunder in the background. I don't know if it's supposed to come back or not, but um, yeah, and I yeah, uh, so we gotta we we gotta move this along at a less leisurely pace than last week. Or most weeks, hopefully. So, our top stories. First of all... Oh, man, that makes me miss it. Adventurer! Uh, first of all, um, I am so fucking glad. I, people think that, like, I made up this policy. Well, I did make it up, but, like, I didn't make it up, like, recently. I made it up fucking ten years ago. I'm so glad that we have the non-review clause for 20 hours on a game because otherwise, the fucking vicious savagery that we visited on Armored Core 6 last week would have been the official fucking word on Armored Core 6. This week, we have to eat crow. And you'll hear all about that in our feature about Armored Core 6, which is fucking great as we approach, I think, near 15 hours in the game. We've gotten 15 hours since uh, the game was released last week um, like we only had like fucking two hours of gameplay at that point um, so that's our feature it's a second look at Armored Core our second look at Armored Core 6 um, and then we have a new and noteworthy uh, many props go out to uh, Quinn the Eskimo uh, for recommending it and gifting it to us actually or gifting it to me because I doesn't even know what a video game is he's been a zombie for five fucking years ever since he tried to kill himself and then I reanimated him isn't that right, Ivor? Oh, we'll get the fucking case. Ten minutes, right, Ivor? Yeah, Ivor's on the clock. He's got the bell. He's got the he's got the moves. He's got the touch. He's double-edged smooth. Um, but before we get to our new and noteworthy, uh, courtesy of Quinn the, Quinn the Mo from Discord, uh, we do have a deal for you, and this deal is kind of important because it's almost a new to me game. I didn't realize that. One of our favorite franchises that we've ever covered uh, that came up from, wow, like really early on in this podcast. I say super, you say hot. Super. Super hot. Now we reverse it. (laughs) You say super and I say hot. Hot. <laughs> Less fun than it sounds. Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Everyone's favorite 
fucking time shifting ballet of death a la Max Payne bullet dodging one hit one kill massive melee poem of slaughter in which you in first person shooter style are submerged into the super hot network or the super hot reality vision or the super hot VR Um, I played the VR game the VR game is great but it does require a lot more um, bending and twisting and and shit than I would like Um, I was confused I didn't know that the super hot VR was meant to be the sequel to super hot and furthermore I didn't realize that this week's deal which continues through the 10th of September it's called Super Hot Mind Control Delete. I didn't realize that this was an entirely new game. And it is an entirely new fucking game. It came out three fucking years ago. I had no idea. Sorry, my I gotta tone down my language here because fucking everyone all fucking pissed off at me for fucking saying fuck so fucking much. It's like I don't have any other words. It's like the less you say them, the more they mean. Or maybe Eddie... Maybe we say them so much because they don't mean a fucking thing. Um, so I didn't know that Super Hot Mind Control Delete, which is now $10 through September 10th, came out about three years ago, 2020. Um, I didn't know that this was... I thought this was just like a reissue of the original Super Hot, Super Hot Tree Dude, tree, dude, dude, tree, dude, tree, dude, dude, dun, 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 Um, yeah, so that is the, that's the music from Tree Dude that has closed out every episode of this show. I want to say every single episode. Um, for the last 10 years. And music is sampled from Superhot. Stolen, actually, directly from Superhot. From a secret game inside of the original Superhot. So I went back and I hadn't played Superhot in a long time, and so I, I got, I got, uh, Superhot Mind Control Delete for $10, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, it's normally like 25 And I was like, oh, maybe they remastered it, or maybe they added something to it. No, it's a totally different fucking game. It's the third installment of the Superhot franchise. Now, what makes Superhot so awesome, and, and the original so groundbreaking you don't have you don't dress hip-hop act real wild uh, sorry, I shorted the film there um the, the thing about Super Hot is that it's a rotoscoped white world with various different environmental features, and you are attacked on all sides by red dudes who are polygonal, cell shaded um, guys with various different weapons, and there are various different props. Props are in blue, weapons are in blue bad guys are in red, some bad guys have weapons that you cannot take away from them in Super Hot Mind Control Delete those weapons are also in red and they, the whole genius of the game is nothing, ha- well everything happens at like 1 100th speed unless you do something so if you take a step forward, everyone else who's coming at you, from in front of you, from behind you, from the sides, everything time moves for them normally, just like it does for you, but then you get to consider what you're going to do and so the game is I don't know 
I can't remember if I thought of this or if someone else said it first, but it is really Superhot is really the most violent not necessarily the most dynamic but it's the most violent game of high stakes one hit one kill first person shooter chess ever invented and it is so fun even when you die it is fun because what this means is you get to consider if you look around if you if you move the mouse to look around and you you can move wherever the fuck you want but every step you take means that the legions of enemies that are coming to get you right now some of them close enough to you sometimes you start with them like right in your face one of my favorites from the original fucking super hot video game was you started an elevator and there are five guys with all their guns pointed at you in the elevator they are literally six inches from your face so what do you do in super hot well you have all kinds of time baby you punch the first guy you grab with just you know everything is paused you punch the first guy he shatters and explodes and his nine millimeter goes flying into the air but it stops because you're not moving you mouse over the 9mm you take the 9mm you move out of the way as everyone else in the elevator is shooting at you and you can see the bullets Max Payne style and they move faster than they move at like a, they move slower than they would in real life but when you when you're freezing time which is the default and there is no way to undo this it's the fundamental mechanic of the game you just take a step it's just a, just a jump to the left and then a step to the right. Meanwhile, you kill three other guys. Then you throw your empty handgun into the face of the other guy. He His weapon comes up. You grab it. You Or you punch him in the face and kill him and then grab it and then kill the last guy and the elevator doors open. Well, Super Hot Mind Control Delete offers the same awesome package in an iterative kind of fucking psychotic roguelite um, mission system it's very linear but every so many missions you get to pick a perk and the perks can range from like start with a katana and all of these are in these new new environs that you keep going iterating through um and it's filled with all the super hot ledger domain insanity, like the whole, like, you're in a simulation, motherfucker. But, like, you don't know why, and, you know, it's 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 very dark and very brilliant and awesome. It is awesome. It is super hot. Super hot. Say it with me, my friends. Super hot. Mind control delete. The rogue light. I can't believe that this game slipped under my radar. Like, I just thought it was like a new reissue of the old game because it had been so many years. This is the third installment. It's an entirely unique game. It has its own unique buffs and stuff. It's so cool. It is, in a word, super hot, which is $10 now through September 10th. Um, let's get to our new and noteworthy Iwar. We're burning daylight. I was a North American fall when in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, so, again, one one final time, uh, many thanks to Quinn the Mo, Quinn the Eskimo, from the Discord, 
for uh, gifting me uh, this new and noteworthy game. New to me and new to everyone, actually. I think this game came out last week. Let's take a look. Ivor, you're fired! I played three hours of it. Came out August 25th, so yeah, it came out last week. Um, it's called Sunken Land, and it bills itself as Get ready for a Waterworld-themed survival game with modular base building, sunken city scavenging, crafting, base defense, and invasions of NPC clans for resources and territory. Ready for the water apocalypse? This game actually lives up to not just that, like, um... You know, that's their copy. This is... For those of you who... like, I mean, because, like, you know, we got Super Hot this week. Mind Control Delete on sale. We got Armor Core coming up. Armor Core 6 coming up next as our feature. It's all very futuristic, computery, you know, sci-fi geek nerd bullshit. Well, there's nothing that I like more, motherfuckers, than a good old-fashioned fucking survival story. A big old survival craft em up with streamlined interfaces and awesome fucking vistas and danger around every corner and the privations and horror and uh, fear and constant need to manage your meager resources, your ability to store them, your ability to get food and water and you know have a basic sustainable life um uh all this shit well there's one thing one thing i like even more than that it's being marooned being a castaway for those of you who are interested in this subject to the degree this is uh seth speaking from later on in the future um we've edited the show here that's a lie but um yes for those of you who are interested at least obsessively interested in to the scale and scope that uh, I am, uh, I highly recommend the following two books. First, uh, Desperate Journeys Abandoned Souls by Edward G. Leslie, which is available uh, on Audible as an audiobook. Um, and it's also available in book form. I've read both, but I've listened to that audiobook, which is like 30 hours long, a collection of marineers, uh, people in desperate survival situations, um, etc., uh, dating from the age of sail to the present. It took Edward G. Leslie, Edward Leslie, I can't remember what his middle initial is. I listened to that book over maybe 50, 100 times now. It's 30 hours long. Um, Leslie fucking spent 20 years in the Library of Congress literally 20 years researching this book it was finished in uh, sometime in the mid 1980s Um, and so it covers everything from the age of sale everyone who's in a desperate survival situation and it is factual as fuck the amount of research that went into this book is like astonishing and Leslie himself uses each narrative he's not he doesn't limit himself to just one instance per age like and he goes back through like the entire the entire system of human exploration since the dawn of time since the known dawn of time he doesn't go to like the Phoenicians and stuff but um like we're talking about like since everything that's been well documented just before, you know, like the Napoleonic era, Age of Sail and piracy. So like the 1600s um, through the present day at that time, including um, but he doesn't just do it as like a, he tells you the story, but then he tells you what he thinks. 
about the credibility of various different accounts of the story and he gives you the actual primary sources when there are any and it's just the most amazing fucking book that I've ever read the number one by the way I will leave you I will close this this this, um, tangential uh, discursive departure from the mainstream of this evening symposium by saying that and this is just advice for those of you who want to live there is one uniting factor for all the people whether good or bad who manage to make it out alive in any of these stories some of them don't Uh, most of them have a tendency not to a couple of them do Many of them actually, yeah, most of them don't, but many do make it out alive and live to tell the tale. We're talking about shipwrecks, mariners, fucking plane crashes. We're talking about people who get, uh, who survive swimming through shark infested fucking waters during World War II. We're talking about every type of survival situation, desperate journeys abandoned souls, there's one conclusion that Leslie reaches and it's the one uniting common factor for all the people who actually manage to live whether they do so by hook or crook good or bad the one unifying factor regardless of place, time period, degrees of expertise, regardless of uh, initial starting resources that are available in the environment, regardless of how well they can navigate, how smart they are, how stupid they are, uh, regardless of rank, age, sex, military training, survival training, regardless of all of these, there's one uniting factor for all of them, and it is simply the will to survive. How much do you want? to live and that's that is extremely fascinating when faced with extremists you know blah to see the human condition taken to that furthest limit uh the other book i would recommend is a very very obscure title called the uh, u.s army survival manual <laughs> which is, I own five copies of it. I used to gift it to all my girlfriends. Um, it's a great book. The, 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 the latest edition is just fucking insane. It's pretty good. It's really good. It'll tell you all sorts of very useful things. Another excellent resource for those of you who, uh, who might be facing a real imminent survival situation, and you never know when you might be. When those storm clouds, as old Jack Byrne always says, never drive faster than you can see. Um... So the other deciding the other um, the other uh, title that I would recommend is uh, yeah the U.S. Army Survival Manual and the Boy Scouts Handbook, which I I only have a, a, an edition from 1970, but that that book is great. Learn how to market trails and stuff like that. that. That stuff's good. Keep that keep put that in your brain box. Okay, so if you would like to live in Waterworld, in a world that is... Oh, man, it's so good. Sunken Land is so good. It is really, 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 really good. Um, and you can build collaboratively with other people. The the um, building and crafting menus are really streamlined for an early access game. Um, and the graphics are phenomenal. 
spent a lot of time swimming, uh, like literally diving underwater, skin diving underwater to salvage the wrecks of cars from sunken freeways. The entire world is fucking water as far as the eye can see. But there are giant structures, there are outposts, there are pirate outposts. You build your own fucking fortress. It is great. It is castaway times a thousand. And the scavenging and resource gathering and uh, even the night raids at the, early, at the beginning um, lead to eventually you building crazy shit. Like sailing ships, like fucking skidoos, like fucking uh, uh, course... Like you, you can build fucking real sailing ships. You can build like, I think you can build a catamaran. Uh, eventually, like there are helicopters, it looks like. There are uh, heavy weapons that you can build. You start off with like literally tree punching the equivalent thereof with a uh, hatchet made out of a rock. And that's what you start. You drop you in the water, and then there's a castaway island, which is a tiny little, tiny little nubbin of an island with some with some palm fronds on it, and and uh, away you go, and it is super fun. You gotta keep track of your water intake, your food intake, you gotta secure supplies for those, you have to figure out how you're gonna get more wood that's what she said we have to figure out how we're gonna get you more wood, cause you're not lasting you're just not lasting, that's a Viagra joke you know why we have um, such tiny waitresses makes the drinks look bigger it's my favorite one, that's the one with the big tips okay so that is Sunken Land, which is awesome. And you can play it cooperatively, too. Um, unfortunately, well, I think it would be cooler. Well, anyway, the graphics and the amazing skin diving stuff and the fishing and all of the... the it's, it's, really, it's really something else, even in early access. It has the potential to... Minus zombies, because, well, there are kind of zombies. I, I don't want to ruin anything for you, but... Um, it's like Marauders kind of in inverse but yeah you can build massive fucking bases and you can fish and and you know me I love fishing um, in video games and uh, you can raid fucking NPC fortresses pirate bases discover new land and it's all like in this Minecraftian kind of world but it's photorealistic so it looks like if Minecraft and Far Cry the original Far Cry or maybe Far Cry 2 even had a baby and made it into a craft em up we shoot em up elements and all in the first person it is, it's really fucking cool Sunken Land Sunken Land is $19.99 and we'll offer a more uh, for those of you who are not so into like you know games as being like super hot or being involved in like you know far flung science fiction futuristic um, 60 foot tall uh, 90 foot tall, 90 meter tall, uh, you know, say 45 meter tall, uh, giant mechanized robots dispensing electronic death on Rubicon, which leads us to our feature this week. Our second impression of Armored Core 6 fires Rubicon. Oh my god. It's Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Spooky. Bolivians! So, last week we talked about 
how I thought that uh, from software's uh, I don't know interjection into the Armored Core franchise of games, which I am not that familiar with in recent history. Like I never got to play four or five, um, but I did play one, which was not that great. But two was the best of the lot, and I I I played a little bit of three. I was not that wildly impressed. And so it's always been a depressing thing for me that Armored Core 2 never got a proper sequel. And I said last week, after, you know, playing three hours, my first impression of the game, like two hours, hour and a half-ish, because it came out the day before we had to go to air. I said that I thought that it was not, not only not in the spirit of the Armored Core franchise, but that it was from literally taking too many liberties with the franchise, making a game that doesn't feel like a mech game, doesn't feel like an armored core game. Um, I stand by those statements. Uh, However, I would like to amend them now with my second impressions. So, it's much better. It's much better than those... Anyone who plays this game and makes it past the first... two to three stupid fucking hours of padding that they put up in front where um, they're characterized by like unlock upgrades that should be available from the very beginning but it's just like from trying to make like a story kind of thing out of this and like the genius of Armored Core 2 is that like the story was you know it's totally linear but you could replay it was a grindy game and that was awesome um so they're, they're trying to they, they fucked with the formula in a weird way that literally made you think made me think and would make anyone who is like fairly rational think oh god what have they done like they're gonna ruin this they have fucked this up but it's not so because after you get past the first three-ish stupid hours all those unlocks and upgrades and stuff that like are completely withheld from you and I don't know why they would do that um, they actually unlock and they appear and those features appear um, and by the time and you know by the time you uh, the other thing that's characterized it characterizes the first really three really you know it depends I mean if you really grind on it hard you can probably I, I, I had to spend the first two hours of my time in the game fighting the first mission and the first boss which really 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 turned me off um, especially considering that there were no upgrades available but whatever, it does work kind of with the story, and once you beat that first boss, then there's like another hour of gameplay, and for me, it took a long time. I failed that first mission like fucking ten times at least, easily. And it's like a, you know, five, ten, twenty minute long mission, you know, I'm trying to figure out why the fuck can't I beat this first fucking boss, and it's very stupid. And, um made me very, very angry. Uh, but then I beat him, and then I, you know, I, cause I, I tried to get to 20 hours this week, but I, I'm, I'm kicking out fucking 10,000 words of copy a day for the novel, so I haven't had as much time to game as, really, as I would like, but I did fucking buttress those first three hours with, like, a, I think, like, 12 hours more of gameplay, and this game is awesome. Beyond those first three hours, because there are these... In traditional from software fucking fashion, they have a interrupting 
too late, too little help system that stops the entire game and makes you fucking read a block of text after you should have already been told this stuff before. There is a tutorial system um, which awards you with new parts and stuff, but some of the missions have to be unlocked by completing actual missions. You can repeat any mission and get the benefits of having completed the mission again without any penalty um, which is great because that's very much Armored Core franchise grindiness I love the grindiness these missions are are tough, tight terse, generally um, they're not very elaborate but they have a, just like in Armored Core 2, they have a, or, or the Armored Core franchise in general, they have a wide variety of pacing and um scopes and scales and types of uh, armaments and loadouts that you'll need to really do them effectively and then you're 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 ranked and graded you have to pay back um, all the cost of the munitions and the damage that you took you've taken um, but you also can earn combat bonuses for destroy in some missions from destroying more MTs and uh, tanks and enemy forces and you are a corporate mercenary through and through six two one. Raven. Um, so all of that, once all of that starts to once you get to basically the fourth mission which is and I, I, fuck you. I, this is not that big of a spoiler alert. You're working for all different sides of this war on Rubicon, which is just the same way as every Armored Core game. You know, not, although they're not on Rubicon if I remember correctly, but anyway um, you know, you're a gun for hire and so you'll work for one corporation one day and then you'll work for another corporation another day against the corporation you worked for for the day before, so it's really cool and you as you get good, you get you know, quote unquote, the game tells a story in between the missions, just like uh, in the cl- same uh, vein as traditional classics of like flight simulators, like uh, or space simulators, like X-Wing or um uh, X-Wing versus TIE or uh, 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 Wing Commander starring Mark Hamill mm. as you progress by the time you get to the fourth mission which is, I think it's the fourth is take down the armored mining behemoth this thing's called a Strider you're already in a mech that is roughly 30 stories tall, so like, let's see, that's 900 feet, so 45, 40-ish meters, 38 meters tall, you're fucking huge. This thing, this thing that you're you're gonna destroy in that fourth mission, is, I'm trying to do the math in my head here, and I'm sorry, I'm a little burnt out from having to do a lot of physics for the book for my novel, which is coming out soon called Hunter Brown Um, and you will love it because it's fucking awesome, and I'm trucking on this book like I've never trucked on anything before, but there's a lot of physics involved, and I've been using AI to help me with uh, the physics and stuff Um, so, this thing that you fight in the fourth mission is one of the most impressive mech combat things I've ever seen in my entire life because the thing that you fight is a hundred times taller than you and like a easily maybe 200 times taller than you. It takes all your jump jets to get halfway up one of its legs. 
So you take out one of its legs, and you, it's it's a giant mining platform that has a death laser. It's fucking incredible. The graphics throughout this game are absolutely amazing. The controls are a little twitchy. The controls do not feel as armored core... I still stick behind what I said last week. It does not feel like an Armored Core game, but the game that they did end up making is surprisingly addictive, and it's very grindy. I hope you like grindy and giant mech... And you get better with the grind, though, and you earn a lot of credits from the grind. It's good, and you will love the grind. You will learn to love the grind, and it's super fun. There's evidently also multiplayer arena mode that I have yet to unlock. I just finished the final tutorial mission and got my master pilot certification, which if I had known that that was available through the tutorials, I would have done more of them. But anyway, you unlock parts and stuff, and the whole- missions are divided into chapters. Um, it's not a linear progression. Like, you know, there's choices do not matter in this game. Uh, the game's gonna tell you the story, 61. You better fucking buckle up. Um... But I can't wait to get to the arenas. I just unlocked Quadrupeds, which is my personal favorite um, platform for mechs in the Armor Core 2 universe. Uh, and they are really cool. The whole gameplay loop is based around completing these missions, earning as much money and credits and reputation as possible, completing the objective successfully, annihilating whatever the enemy du jour is, and then... Um, Completing any bonus objectives to get bonus credits. It's all about the fucking money, bro. So, unlocking parts subsequent to some missions, and then building and tuning and tailoring your mech to meet your exact needs. And this includes buying right hand, left hand weapons, buying different sets of legs, different types of legs, including tank treads, uh, quadrupeds, or bipedal. Um, or uh, reverse knee, which are really cool. They're super fun. They're super fast. Um, you can build yourself for speed. You can build yourself for fucking endurance, like just your damage sponge. You can build yourself for if you want to be a tank. I mean, like a literal tank tread. You could still, you know, you still have jump jets and stuff. All that stuff is still very much uh, intact. The game does introduce a, a, a broader dimension for aerial combat than I recall uh, in the traditional Armored Core uh, franchise. But all these improvements are generally generally good moves, I think. I think I think like what I was ranting about last week was that maybe this is like the future of mech games for uh, the Armored Core franchise as it meets a new generation. This game, holy shit. I mean, if you needed a flagship to really carry that flag forward in, you know, and bring Armored Core, you know, idea to a new generation of gamers, this is probably the way to go. Because the game is just impressive as fuck. Um, I mean, the graphics, visually, everything. Everything is very much impressive. The controls, like I said, are really twitchy. Um, and they're difficult to get a hang of even once you get the hang of them. Uh, I do not like the aim assist thing being a toggle. Because um, I hate the aim assist. And I've, I'm a... Because my hands are still not... My, my left hand is still not 
fully functional is probably at like 50%, 55% functionality. So I find myself gripping the sticks too much and clicking on them. And it's, there's no clear indicator of when, whether or not you have, you're using the Mech's target assist module, which keys into every stat from your fire control unit, more or less. So like, it makes targeting kind of sometimes frustrating but the game moves so fast that there there's no mistake that's like too horrible to not recover from especially at first especially the first you know like eight missions um and as you get further and further into the story and unlock more and more weapons and parts because you got like fire control unit you got like uh fire control system you have um your jump jets uh you have your engine your power supply your your actual generator um you have your head your body your core your arms your legs your right hand weapon your left hand weapon your left back weapon your right back weapon um and those are that's it but from all the combinations of these different types of weapon systems which are very greatly and have different requirements and different weight limits and different energy consumption requirements and blah the tuning of your mech which isn't a tuning thing it's just like a, a simple assembly process um really matters tremendously uh and should either inform or be informed by your intended approach and this level of tactic tactical design and strategy where you have to balance out the requirements of your speed your armor and then your fundamental requirements like how um how 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 uh how much what type of weapons do i want to use how many of them do i want to use uh how often do i want them to be able to recharge if they're energy weapons what's the you know cycle time on you know a vertical launching uh shoulder missile that can target multiple opponents at once and shoot straight up and then land straight on them what are the targeting requirements what's the what's the delay how long's the reload etc all these things factor in eventually to your actual mech now I'm gonna leave you with this. My favorite fucking thing in this game. This is gonna sound so stupid and so superficial, but as a kid who grew up sucking at painting fucking Bandai models of awesome mechs, um, I hated, I hated Gundam, but um, and being terrible at it. My parents would never let me fucking even think of getting an airbrush. I got an airbrush five years ago, and it. Or three or three ish years ago, I know how to work an airbrush now. It's pretty cool. I, but I don't build models anymore. Um, I do design models for mechs a lot in Blender and shit. But um, the painting and customization that you can do in this game, if you like, I were just so frustrated as a kid who had limited abilities I am not a good painter and limited resources cause like fuck you know enamel paint testers was fucking expensive and a kit itself was like fucking 15 bucks which is like the equivalent of like fucking 
spent like $50 these days. It's like, you know, you go into the model shop with like 20 bucks or whatever and you, you know, and so you, you weren't, you weren't exactly set up for success is what I'm trying to say. But you wanted to be able to paint like these awesome fucking little, you know, posable mech motherfuckers, whether they're snap tight or whether you glued them together. Um, and you never really could because you failed and you couldn't ever replace or undo and you had no one because you're like growing up in the 80s and I'm getting really personal here. Let me let me just lie down here on the couch and tell you about me. Anyway, no, the, the ability to paint these models any way that you fucking want using templates that you can save and store and then weatherize them however you want and then customize each individual part if you want is so awesome. You can make such cool fucking looking mechs and then uh, I wish that the photo mode was better and by the way this is not a review this is just a second impressions but yeah Armor Core 6 might be the future of the Armor Core franchise and it is a divergence from a digression I don't know a reimagining almost of this kind the slower stoic more staid kind of um, mech design and vision that uh, that belied the gameplay of, of that traditionally belied the, the gameplay of the franchise but man it's fast and it is just carnage I mean you will you will start doing shit that it's like I I I, I, I you'll never believe it like the types of explosions that you'll just summon as you're fucking firing these blaster bolts I wish that the photo mode was easier to access I wish there was some way to have a hotkey for the photo mode because it is oh wow it's awesome and I can't get the game sometimes to take screenshots at all but anyway Armor Core 6 especially if you're a fan of giant mech games but hate Gundam and even if you do like Gundam this is a little more Gundamian, but all the under the hood shit is there, and the contextual help for all the stack columns as you're shopping and building out your mech, which are two separate processes, um, make it pretty easy and clear to see what influences what. It's rounded out by the tutorials, which help give you some basic, but not very great, um, knowledge and unlock some parts and then you're just grinding away on these missions and you'll see when you destroy the strider you will see it's one of the craziest fucking things I can recall doing it's like fucking fighting the death star in a mech um and it's great it requires a really good balance of skills and stuff and then if you if you ever get stuck, you just go back and you redo your sorties and try to get better rankings on them, but you're earning the cash again and again and again, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So, like, in, like, 20 minutes, you can get, like, fucking 800,000 uh, of comb, you know, which is, like, the in-game, cur- the, the, the all mines universal currency for mech parts and shit. Um, so, once you get stuck into it, after those first three hours, man, it does come alive. Especially after you unlock the quadruped and the tank parts and the reverse uh, knee joint mechs, and then get some better weapons. Um, which, you know, are, are spread across three categories. Kinetic, explosive, and... Um, energy, just like in all the other ones. Um, 
it's it's really fun and you can get you can burn hours and hours and hours so check it out uh i you know i, I like i said i have to eat crow man like i mean I was very underwhelmed. In fact, I was very disappointed, and I felt insulted even by uh, the first roughly two hours of the game. But now that I got like almost fifteen in it, it's damn good. Twitchy, and you know it's different, but it's damn good. And it is definitely an Armored Core game, and probably one of the most worthy successors um, to Armored Core Two, at least that I have ever that that's been you know published so far so check it out it is still expensive it's like 60 bucks but whatever it's it's if you like max sante all right i gotta get out of here catch you next week when we will finally do our 2000 game episode i think maybe four or five times a good idea four or five times hi there there is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to see. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. It's fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.